So today, as we mentioned yesterday, uh, we want to talk more uh, about compassion. So in the morning, personally, I want to talk about radical questioning and its connection to wisdom and compassion. And this afternoon, Tony uh, will look at compassion from the angle of the Bodhisattva vows and the Bodhisattva precepts. So when I uh, arrived, when I arrived in Korea, this was, one could say now, long ago, uh, because I arrived in Korea in 75. So it's kind of uh, 45 years ago. And I did not know much meditation at all. So when I arrived in Korea, I was told to do, what is this? What is this? And that's all I did. And what for me was very interesting reflecting on my practice was that within six months, and I was just doing the questioning, this radical questioning, I became suddenly so aware of my thought. But I became aware of my thought in what I would call a bright, calm, and benign way. So I'm sitting there in meditation asking, what is this, what is this, what is this? And suddenly, from one moment to the next, I really see my thought. Before that, they were just kind of going round. And I was just them, you could say, totally identified with them, never really kind of, you know, reflecting on what was going on, so lost in them. But there suddenly it was like there was this bright light on what I was thinking. And what struck me in this, what I was thinking was that it was all about me. And basically all what the thoughts were going on about behind was look at me, I exist, don't forget me, I am great or whatever it was. So I realized in a way how self-centered this organism was at that moment. Because up until that moment, I thought, I had the impression, I was one of the most compassionate person in the world. Because since age 10, I wanted to save the world. And so what was interesting for me was to see that I had that impression, which, because when we think the term compassion, saving others, we think, well, I must be thinking about others more than me. But actually I realized this was just artificial, actually, in a way. Yes, I was concerned about others up to a point, but basically, I was concerned about me. But at the same time, I was not upset. I did not think I am the worst person in the world. I actually thought it was funny because I had an impression and the actuality was different. 
And so in that moment of seeing, there was calm brightness, but within that, I would say there was a friendliness, a friendliness to my experience, a friendliness to my recognition. Ah, this is what is one of the difficulty is self-centeredness. And at the same time, realizing that's what the meditation is about. In a way, that's what the meditation is trying to help me to reduce the self-centeredness, as I said before, from 95% then trying to bring it down to 50%. So to me, this was very interesting because the what is this? I was just doing the radical questioning. I was not doing anything else. But doing that was making me cultivate brightness and calmness in a friendly way. So it has kind of this, I think these three components seems to me in the meditation, the brightness, the calmness. So the calmness and the brightness help you to see what is going on clearly. And with that, there is this friendliness so that that will help you to creatively engage with it. So for me, this radical questioning at the root of it, at this practice, there is this wisdom coming from the brightness and calmness. And also there is this compassion coming from the friendliness. But the other thing I, I experienced also after again continuing with the what is this, what is this, well, that suddenly a few months down the line, I had an experience where for the first time, I would say, possibly ever, I don't know, I was 22, I was kind of young. Suddenly I thought about the other person interest before my own interest. And I realized that what compassion is about. And what was interesting was that I did not force it. It just happened. And I saw, ah, that is compassion. And the actual thing is kind of for me in those days, because before being a nun, I was an anarchist against a system and everything like that. And so I was in a bank in Korea trying to change money and the bank teller gave me too much money back. He made a mistake. And my first reaction when I realized he gave me too much was great. One against the system and at the same time, more for me. And then what was kind of striking was that my body, my organism stopped. I did not stop. The organism stopped and said, uh-uh, you cannot do this. The bank teller is going to get into trouble. So I retraced my step, told him about his mistake. And to me, that was in a way compassion in action. That compassion is something which arises out of meeting the other person. 
and seeing you know with the other person as important as oneself and considering together in a way the suffering of oneself the suffering of others so in a way this radical questioning seems to be kind of like just asking this question what is this but i think the asking of the question help us to experience for ourselves certain important element that actually the buddha talked about and one of the important elements is change and i think we no change sometimes in an abstract matter but i think with the radical questioning what is this it's kind of bringing us directly into the experience and knowing for ourselves things change and of course things change i would say in two different ways one way is a change and i would say in an ultimate way in term of the thing arise and then cease and in term of ourselves we are born we breathe we are alive and at one point this is going to stop and this is one saying uh, master kuzan used to say he used to say the practice is really urgent because your life rest upon a single breath so basically was telling us you have this breath your life rest upon a single breath what are you going to do with that precious life are going to are you going to practice are you going to develop wisdom and compassion and yet this uh, so we had this retreat like tomorrow our retreat will finish and i was tempted kind of thinking about the end of the retreat tomorrow was reminding me of uh, master kuzan like we used to do this three months retreat and the last day of the retreat he would give a talk and he would say well if you are not awakened you cannot go you have to stay on the retreat you have to continue and then you had all the monks in the middle of the night who would disappear anyway but every time you would do this you cannot go if you're not awakened it was kind of very interesting kind of what he was trying to point out he was not stopping us from going anywhere but he was trying to point out you know this is a lifelong journey this great courage uh, tony was talking about and so in a way there is this ultimacy of change but often it seems to me we take things for granted and then we in a way kind of don't see the preciousness and i think the radical questioning is to remind us of the preciousness and to me this is actually a compassionate move do we meet somebody or do we meet ourselves we all the story all the idea we have about ourselves or do we meet the person right now to me this is what covid-19 although it's a terrible thing 
and really sad for all the suffering. I think also it's a radical change. And I think it was kind of like for me, it really for as soon as it happened, I thought this is like what the practice has prepared me for, to creatively engage with that. And in a way to remind me of change, that I can change, I can change the conditions, I can be with the condition in a different way. And although I am a, a busy bee and doing things, doing this, that and another, as soon as there was a confinement in March last year, I decided I am not going to sweat this stuff. There is, we confine, there is all the time in the world. We don't have to be in a hurry. I did not have to be in a hurry. And I really took, took it upon myself not to be stressed by feeling that I am busy, that I have to accomplish this, I have to finish that. I know not everybody is in my circumstances and it's not possible for everybody to do that. But for me, it was really like, huh, I can use these circumstances to change, to do something different. And so in the ultimacy of that, your life rests upon a single breath. I think if we see people that way, we bring compassion to that moment. We see the person in that moment, not the history we have with them necessarily, but what is going on right now? And then of course, you have the gift of change. To me, this is like, again, a compassionate move to be careful to think that we're stuck all the time to the same degree and other people are stuck all the time to the same degree. No, this is what radical questioning really shows us. Things change, condition change. I mean, we, to me, the COVID-19 is such an example of that. First confinement, oh, this is a shock. Adapting to it, doing the best we can. Second confinement, oh, I'm used to this, let's do it. Third one, ah, no, 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 no. Fed up, no, no, why, come, why? <laughs> so in a way, I find that, kind of uh, striking uh, with this situation we are in and everybody is in a little different place, in a different country, in even different region. And it's like, in a way, we are going in one direction and we thought that direction was going to go that way all the time. And then suddenly it changes. And then we might come sometimes think it has to stop, or you might sometimes think it will never stop. We don't know. It seems to kind of like, you know, change all the time. And I think to me is what I would call the gift of change. That at some point, I can change, other can change. So, in a way, can I be there? 
for myself and others to help that change if it's possible. So really seeing change as really connected with a compassionate, responsive attitude. Then you have the other point, the other theme that really radical questioning make us aware of because radical questioning, what is this is being here, seeing what is going on. And as we mentioned already, and Tony mentioned, imperfection. Each other's, we are not looking for perfection. But in a way, we're trying to understand conditionality. We're trying to understand change. And in a way, at the same time, we want to do the best we can. But we cannot do the best we can all the time to the same degree. So there is this kind of like uh, challenge between, in a way, aspiring to something. And as Tony pointed out, in a way, sometimes missing the mark. So imperfection, I would say limitation. For many years, I, uh, for seven years, I had more or less to take care of my mother with Alzheimer 24-7. And I could do it actually thanks to the practice. Without the practice, I could not have done it. And then at some point, uh, it was getting really too complicated, too difficult. Our state would kind of become a little more complicated. And so then we got somebody uh, 24 seven to stay downstairs and to take care of her and me just to be like managing, cookie, uh, buying the food and doctor's appointment, etc., etc., thing like that, urgency, etc. And when that lady came and then I did not have to be 24 seven, suddenly I realized how stressed I had been. So for three months, I was so aware. I had been so stressed. And in a way, because of the practice, I could endure the stress. But it was so stressful. And in a way, it was such a relief. And at the same time, to realize, yeah, you know, I could do it. But at the same time, it really was taking a toll on many different conditions. And so in a way, I was grateful to finally, in a way, accepting my limits, accepting my imperfection in terms of that. So I think it's very important that compassion to oneself also in terms of our limits. Then there is also suffering. I think radical questioning is to kind of inquire, oh, there is suffering. What is this suffering? Where is this suffering? In actuality. There is this wonderful story my teacher said, and I mean, my teacher has only ever done the radical questioning. He's never done in his life, he's dead now, but uh, body scanning at all. But one time 
he had to join a friend and he had to walk very fast, long distance. And so by the time he arrived in the temple where he met his friend, he was in pain everywhere. And he was incapable of moving. And because in his youth, he had been very ill easily. He thought, you know, I am at death door. This is terrible, da, 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 da. But then he said, okay, what is this? Where is the pain exactly? Because he, had, he was writing pain everywhere. He had the idea that there was pain everywhere. And then he, okay, where is the pain exactly? So very minutely, actually, he did a body scanning without knowing it. So he went through all the body. What is this? Where is that pain? And actually, he could not find it. And then he felt so much better. And he just needed a rest from that long walk. So, but the thing is, when we suffer, the first thing we realize is that it's painful. The second thing we experience is that it's very lonely. Nobody can experience our pain for us. And so it seems to me that with radical questioning, we meet the pain. But we meet the pain without the amplification. And then we meet the pain with compassion. Because when we are in pain, often we think it's my fault. It was very strange when I was teaching the senior in France that when we talked about compassion and having compassion for themselves, then we go to talk about illness. And they said often they felt guilty that they were ill, that it was their fault. And then for them to realize, no, this is what happens, body, biology, different things going on. And yes, we need to have compassion for this organism who is in pain, who is lonely, and also to have compassion for others who are in pain and it's painful and it's lonely. So in a way, with the radical questioning being in a way, in the heart of pain, but creatively engaging with it, with deep compassion. And then there is a third aspect. And often you would think, but what has this got to do with compassion? And this is an aspect you might have heard about the term not-self. You might have heard about the term emptiness. And then you think not self, if there is no self, what about compassion? If there is emptiness, what about compassion? But actually not self doesn't mean we don't exist. And it doesn't mean we do not care. On the contrary, not self means what I mentioned at the beginning. We diminish the self-centeredness so that we are more open to the other equally, self and others. This is one of the beautiful things the Buddha said. He said there are different categories of people. There are the people who are just compassionate to themselves. There are people who are just compassionate to others. There is the 
so-called not such nice people who are neither compassionate to themselves, neither compassionate to others, and he did not recommend that one. We said, what I would recommend is to be equally compassionate to yourself, equally compassionate to others. And so that's what the not-self is about. And the same with the emptiness. The emptiness is not like we're looking for empty mystical call, but actually emptiness is just saying we are not existing independently from the condition that forms us. And so basically it's saying we are surviving this flow of inner condition meeting outer condition. And in a way, this is reflected in when you eat in a temple in Korea. When you eat rice, you eat soup, you eat vegetable, you have a chant. And the chant is saying, do not waste any of this because there is such a kind of link of conditionality from the first time the seed was planted, the effort of the farmer, how it came to you, etc. So do not waste any, see the conditionality of it. And that's what it means by emptiness. It's not nothing exists. On the contrary, it means everything exists dependent on each other. And to me, when the COVID-19, the confinement happened, this is what I felt it was at one level beautiful for people to realize that we could not exist independently. And so personally, I was so grateful that the electricity still worked, the water still ran, we could still go and buy food in the supermarket. And finally, we were everybody up to a point, though people seem to have forgotten a little bit, aware of essential worker. And this is something which always kind of, uh, <laughs> in terms of my concern for the system, uh, about why essential workers, a lot of the time, are not paid enough. That's one of my things. You know, I think essential workers should be paid more because they are essential. And to me, this is a thing, kind of something is revealed but can people take it on? Like one of my heroes is this uh, kind of director of a company in Seattle who decided to lower his salary and up the salary of everybody. And now it's kind of, a, it's wonderful what's happening with his company. So in a way to see with this emptiness, the not self, the emptiness actually is at the root of compassion because it makes us see how connected we are with everybody else and also how our survival depends on everything else outside of ourselves. So in a way, when we're doing the radical questioning, at one level it seems so simple. But personally, I think in that cultivation of the brightness and the calmness with that friendliness, arise, kind of in a way, our dissolve the obstacle to manifesting, wisely manifesting, compassionately. 
And that's what I wanted to say today. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.